Good morning. It's February 13th. It's a reasonably bright blue morning in what's supposed to be a rapidly warming day in New York. This is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the news and the day. The U.S. military spent the weekend shooting down more unidentified flying objects over the Yukon, Alaska, and Lake Huron. Building on last weekend's excitement over the wayward alleged Chinese spy balloon, they don't know what the objects they shot down were. Maybe they were balloons. Maybe one of them was not a balloon. It's all very exciting as long as we don't know what any of it is. Meanwhile, the previous weekend's flaming toxic rail disaster in East Palestine, Ohio, remains further and further in the background. All you're going to get on Twitter talking about it now is various crank accounts trying to piggyback the chemical release onto anti-vax conspiracies or some such. The relationship between the Biden administration's decision to break the would-be strike among freight rail workers and this freight rail disaster remains underexplored. Maybe someone will get around to digging into it eventually. There are reports that one of the train axles was visibly on fire for a while before it reached East Palestine. And the Norfolk Southern Railroad has offered $25,000 in a donation to help out all the people who had to flee their town as it filled up with burning vinyl chloride. That's 25,000 total, whole town. The Super Bowl was last night in a tribute to the analog production processes that still bring us our morning paper on the stoop. The copy of the Times we got simply has a Super Bowl full of big plays on the front and Duel in the Desert on the front of the sports page because they had no idea who won the game when they put the paper to bed. In an unfortunate bid for timelessness, they filled up the inside of the sports section with a big, loving portrait of the groundskeeper of the Super Bowl, prepared presumably before everybody went out on the field last night trying to play football and fell down owing to the terrible turf conditions. Anyway, the Kansas City Chiefs won. The Philadelphia Eagles lost. There were extremely silly and pedantic replay reviews and a whole new realm of micromanaging to me about whether the defensive unit was given appropriate time to make its substitutions. Another celebration of proceduralism, legalism, surveillance, and control, the essence of our favorite athletic event. Patrick Mahomes' athletic brilliance outpaced the ongoing destruction of his body thanks to an extended halftime that allowed them to do something to make his obviously excruciating injured ankle stop hurting him enough for him to keep running around on it. Tough loss for the Eagles after a strong first half, but they kept battling back even after Kansas City and Mahomes took the lead. It's just what can you do when you're in the end game and Andy Reid's on the other sideline? What hope do you have of making it come out your way? In other comeback news, the New York Times reports in a story about how Florida Governor Ron DeSantis doesn't want to get into a head-to-head -head struggle against Donald Trump, that after his initial trial balloon of referring to DeSantis as Ron DeSanctimonious, a feeble and unimpressive attempt at a disparaging nickname, Trump now in private has begun referring to DeSantis as Meatball Ron. Donald Trump is, of course, an odious human being. That is, of course, flagrantly anti-Italian bigotry. It's also undeniable that Ron DeSantis looks like a meatball. Meatball Ron. That's who he is. That's who he's going to be. Trump comes through again. And last night, the announcement came that True Boy the Dove of De La Soul had died. David Jalicor, a.k.a. Plug 2, he'd reportedly been suffering from congestive heart failure. The timing seems particularly awful because De La finally 
broke their music out of the limbo it had been held in for years, and in March they were going to triumphantly bring it all to streaming and get it before the public's ears again. It's unbelievable that Trugoy won't be part of that comeback. But then also, he was only 54. Rights clearance is rights clearance, but years of life are years of life. And that was not enough. Thanks to Trugoy, and condolences to the rest of Dale Essel. And that is the news. We'll talk again tomorrow.